Good morning. It's good to have you all here today. I'm going to deliver these to my friend in the front row. Most of my friends are in the front row. (laughs) Ah, I love this body of Christ. This part of the church of the living God. Do you ever ever get up in the morning and, and, and maybe look at your spouse or your kids and go... Man, isn't it amazing to be a part of the, live, of the church of the living God? Anybody talk that way? Okay. I can get a little bit crazy with some of that because it is so amazing what Christ has done for us. Let's thank him for that. Father, I thank you that you sent your son for us, that he died to set us free, that we have an incredible future waiting for us that you have already given to us the righteousness of your Son. And I thank you, Father God, that for all of eternity we will glorify you and see and experience your greatness. Father, I ask that you would help us this morning to encourage one another and build one another up. Holy Spirit, use the words this morning to change us and transform us into people that just are overflowing with Christ. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this part of the body of Christ. In Christ's name, amen. <clears throat> it is, I don't know, I, I, every, every time I sing, especially on a Sunday morning, corporately, it reminds me of several things. Um, and it's sometimes very overwhelming because we get to sing with the body of Christ. And that's what this is all about this morning. And one of the other things that music in church does for me is it reminds me of my dad. And um, I have to be careful if I go too far there because I'll get emotional on you. His only two passions in life, I mean huge passions, first of all were church music, just singing, and barbershop harmony. And sometimes he would let that barbershop harmony come into the church. Oh, my goodness. He stirred some people up with that. What I learned, because the way I was raised, we were taught music, we were reading music at the same time we were learning to to, to read English. So music, you never had a day that didn't go past without music. There was something going on all the time. And I did some reading this week, and there's some scientific research that's really cool. But God specifically wired human beings to be musical. Now, some of you are going, I'm not musical. I can't even play the radio. We all have the same capability. God meant us to be musical and to sing. And we see this in the, in the church because Christianity is unique. We practice this singing. We, we, we do this on a regular basis. And, I, and weeks and weeks ago, I, I preached about singing and, and preaching. And, and it is one of my passions. But this is also something that is so unique to Christianity. There's no other religion that sings like Christians sing. 
Christianity places a great deal of importance on singing, especially singing together. Singing together is one of those things that we, we put in this series because we're functioning. This is, this is one of the ways the church functions, and we function by following our master. He is, he is the example and I don't know if you've ever really stopped and, and thought about it, but Jesus sang. And I think that, that Jesus sang a lot. And he's the head of the church. According to Ephesians 5.1, he, he's, he's who we should be mimicking and following and, and doing like him. And what we also know is that Jesus sang. Now, maybe you haven't thought about that, but it's clear. It's very clear that the the disciples sang. One one of the places it's very clear that they sang, it it even says it, is in Matthew 26, 30. This is the, the last night that Jesus was with his disciples. And it says, And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. That's them, so they, so all of them. So Jesus is singing a hymn with his disciples. The other reason isn't so much spoken as it is implied. We know Jesus sang because Jesus observed the law and observed all that was written. We know that from Scripture, right? That's, that's huge about Jesus. Jesus was a good Jew, a perfect Jew. So Jesus sang because the Jews always sang in their worship. The, the first place that you'll find singing recorded in Scripture is in Exodus. After God takes the Hebrew people through the Red Sea and, and, and they pass through the water on dry ground. What an amazing miracle of God, right? Now, this is the first place it's recorded, but I think there was a lot of singing before that. That's, that's just the first place we see it written in what God has revealed to us. There's a song, um, Exodus 15.1. Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. They sang that. Thousands of people glorifying their salvation this miracle that God had done. We also find out, if you go through the Old Testament, that the tabernacle had a choir. We don't usually think of that, but the tabernacle had a choir. And then, then in the first temple, there was a choir loft. You know, I, I understand there used to be a choir loft here, but the one in the temple held 4,000 people. That's a big choir. 1 Chronicles 23 describes 38,000 people serving in the temple. So this is temple worship. There's 38,000 people involved. 4,000 of them are involved in the music ministry. This was important. And this is where we as Christians begin to, to have this idea of singing. This is where it came from. And this is why we know that Jesus sang. There's many other examples of singing from the Old Testament. Probably the most well-known examples are from the life of David. He, he wrote and performed music all the time. If you remember the story, he was asked to play harp for 
Saul to soothe his, his soul. Saul was a mess because of his disobedience to God. So they found a, a skilled musician to come try to soothe Saul's heart. It was David. When David was bringing the ark to Jerusalem, a huge event. The procession was filled with music and singing. First Chronicles 15, 16, David also commanded the chiefs of the Levites to appoint their brothers as singers who should play loudly on musical instruments, on harps and lyres and cymbals to raise sounds of joy. So we see a pattern here, don't we? We see it in the book of Psalms. David and the other writers of Psalms wrote songs to be sung. We, we read them and sometimes we think of them as really good poetry, something like that. Most of those are songs. That was their hymnal. It was part of temple worship. It was part of the great Jewish feasts. Here's, here's some examples. Psalms 96.1. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Psalms 101. 100 verse 1. <laughs> Make a joyful noise to the Lord. All the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. That's just two examples of lots of singing in Psalms. What does this mean then? Jesus sang because he's a good Jew. He's, he's been singing his entire life at church. God wants to hear us sing. He wants to hear us sing collectively with the people of God. He wants to hear our voices rising into his presence. It shouldn't surprise us then when we read about Jesus singing that last night he was with his disciples. The early church was mostly Jewish, so they followed this pattern and included singing in worship and in the lives of believers. There's a really interesting example of the early church singing in Acts chapter 16, beginning in verse 23. This, is, this always just blows my mind. I think it's cool. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, that would be Paul and Silas, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. That doesn't mean the jailer's watching over them to take care of them. It's, it's don't, don't lose track of these two dudes. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. So they're in prison and their feet are in stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Wow. The prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everybody's bonds were unfastened. Singing while confined to prison, persecuted. They're singing, always singing. Singing hymns in prison, wow. Singing is clearly seen in the lives of God's people. Jesus sang. The disciples sang. Singing was how they functioned. 
This is something I, I, I also learned from my dad because you, you could not go through a day working with my dad that he wasn't doing something musically. And I, I remember we're working on a, on a, it was a bathroom. I, in, in one of the ways, it was the bathroom from hell. Can I say hell in church? Is that good? So we remodeled kitchens and bathrooms. That's what, that's what dad did. And we're in this bathroom and it's just horrid remodeling. And I'm not happy. And I'm doing what I'm doing, and I'm trying to fix some, some plumbing. And I hear Dad, this bathroom kind of had two sections to it, and he's over there where the shower's going to go in, and he's in there going, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my great re-. And I'm like, Dad, you are nuts! He would do that. Sometimes he'd just be whistling. And, and there were times growing up you'd just go, Dad, stop. But he did that because of where his heart was at. It didn't matter what the issues of the day were. He knew how to address God in a unique and special way. It's, it may be difficult for us to think about Jesus singing. It may be difficult for us to think about us singing all the time. I want you to go with me a little bit about Jesus singing. And get, get this because I think it will help us to understand how this is a lifestyle. Because this is kind of an extreme of Jesus. He was an obedient Jew. He would have sung often. He would have sung with all kinds of different people. And he's expressing something. Singing is, has so much to do with expressing our emotions and, and our hearts. And not only did, did Jesus sing within the context of Jewish, Jewish services, but here, here's what I want you to get. Jesus also sang in the very darkest of times. The psalms were meant to be sung. The majority of them were songs. They were written to be sung. So why is, what does this have to do with Jesus? What was Jesus doing on the cross? You could easily say that was the darkest time for Jesus in his humanity. And if you look at Psalms 22 and you look at the the title of Psalms 22, it says, To the Choir Master. So this psalm was meant to be sung. And he says, According to the Doe of the Dawn. So that's the the music part. You're going to sing these words to this melody. It's a song of David. It's to be sung. Verse 1 of the song. My God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Here's our Savior on the cross, the darkest time in his life, and he remembers a song. Now, he most likely was not able to sing it because he couldn't produce enough air as he's dying of suffocation on the cross. But his heart went to Psalms, he was singing. 
He was singing. We're actually commanded in numerous places to sing. Um, a lot of these are in Psalms. Psalms 33, 3. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. Psalms 96, 1. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Psalms 149, 1. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praises in the assembly of the godly. Sing. Scripture repeatedly exhorts God's people to be a singing people. There are over 400 biblical references to singing. And at least 50 of those have direct commands. If you look at, if you do the language studies, they are direct commands to sing. We, we, we need to be careful because we, we can't disregard the commands to sing because we don't like who's playing the music. I mean, that flute player really needs to sit down. We can't go, no, I'm not going to sing because, because of who's leading the singing. We, we don't excuse ourselves from the command to sing because we don't like a particular style. Or we just, we just don't, I just don't feel like it. God wants his people to sing and to sing together. Why? Because that's what we're made for. We're made to glorify him, to lift him up, to make him look so magnificent. And to have that come from our hearts. We sing. God wants his people to sing. It's expected And he loves it when it's together. He loves it when we get together and sing. Paul talks about this in Ephesians. Turn with me to Ephesians 5, verse 18. Paul writes, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to the God, to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Huge statement, and it has a lot to do with singing. He begins this exhortation, and we've used this many times. He, he, he gives us the familiar uh, episode that... If you drink too much, you get drunk. What's, what's the influence? So everybody, everybody knows about the controlling factor in a drunkard's life. But Paul wants us to understand that there's a controlling function of the Holy Spirit. He wants us to have the proper controlling, the proper influence from the Holy Spirit, which shows up in this passage. How does it show up? How we address one another, how we greet one another, how we spend time corporately together as the body of Christ. And where does he go? Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. So we could say that the spirit-filled life produces music and singing. I want us to understand some terms here because I want you really to see how much this is focused from Paul on singing. Psalms, it's from psalmos, and it means to sing or chant. Uh, Pretty straightforward. This term was especially used for songs that are sung with musical accompaniment. 
Psalms 4, 6, 12, 54, 55. Those are some examples where the title gives us specific information about the musical accompaniment. So a psalm is singing along with a piano or a guitar or drums. Next word, hymns, is from solo. And it means to, to touch lightly, uh, lightly or, or maybe even to pluck. And, and it was used to describe the making of music. They used it as a term, kind of, let's go make some music. Let's go jam. Musicians jam together. So let's go do that. It's described making music in any fashion. But in the context of Judaism and in the church, it especially meant that you're going to do songs of praise to God. We're going to do some more singing in a little bit. It's going to be praise to God, right? Solo. The next term Paul uses is spiritual songs. Pneumaticos ode. Pneumaticos means spiritual. Ode means to sing in praise or honor of someone. Or simply, it sometimes was used just for a song. An ode. And these, a lot, of, a lot of scholars believe that these were probably songs of any kind that expressed spiritual truths. Paul goes on, he, he uses the term making a melody. And, and that also comes from the, the Greek uh, solo. And, and it was used in, in various contexts for making music, music with instruments. So what God is looking for, we look at that passage, what God is looking for is spirit-filled believers. Believers that are influenced by the Holy Spirit and overflowing with praise for God in music, specifically singing. So to put this into practice for us, the church, we need to remember a few things. And in the first place I want to go is that music is not a synonym for worship. We very, we very often will say, let's worship. Stand with us and worship. Okay. But really what we mean is, let's sing. Okay? But they're not synonyms. Singing is a way to express worship. Music and singing are like prayer and preaching and fellowship eating together, all of those things that we could also say are worship, that's the same as music and singing. Music is a powerful way that God's people express their worship. So that takes us to the next point, which is very important, and that is that worship of any kind is from the heart. It's an attitude of the heart. John 4, 23 and 24, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. No matter what area of worship we're involved with, God wants us to understand it needs to come from our heart. That's where our singing comes from as well. Brothers and sisters, this is, this is who we are. This is how God made us. Worship, singing, praying, being together. All of those things are, are to be our way of life. Music is a, is a gift 
And in a way, it's a gift of common grace because the world has music too. Even the unsaved world uses music as a means of expressing joys, sorrows, hopes, aspirations, disappointments. I mean, you all know if you play country western music backwards, you get your truck back and your dog back and your marriage back. The world has music, right? What's it expressing? So it's a part of the common grace. It's how God made human beings. But for believers, for the church, music allows believers to express the gratitude we have for God. It it helps us to express who He is. What He's done. To go, thank you for saving me. It's the redeemed that sing from the heart. We're saved. Wow. I believe the greatest music of all is the music of the church because it's pouring out from a redeemed heart. Now, granted, there's other music we enjoy. I enjoy lots of different music. One of of my loves is classical music. Some of you enjoy country music. Okay, well. Some enjoy rock. Some enjoy rap. I've become, I've kind of taken on a little different view of rap since I started hearing some of the rap from my boys. I'm going, rap music, they can't be in this house. And then I picked up the album and I read the words that they were rapping because I couldn't understand them. Because I'm old. And this rapper, he's, he's rapping scripture. Wait a minute. I can't condemn that style. I'd be condemning the word of God. There are all kinds of music that have a place in our life. But there's nothing like the music, the the words, the singing that pours from the heart of the redeemed. Songs and music streaming from the heart, bought with the blood of Jesus. Music cascading out of the deepest recesses of people who have been rescued from the very unimaginable death in hell and brought by God to a place of eternal hope in Christ. Is that not glorious? I don't care what you go through every day. If you want a, if you want a big pick-me-up in your worst day, think of the fact that you will not spend eternity in hell. Whoa. Psalms. Let's, I wish I had music for this. Psalms 18.2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. Is that our heart? Then express it. We gather to sing songs of the redeemed to the Lord. Something else I've experienced with music, church music, is that everywhere I've gone, no matter the language or the race, God's people sing. I've participated in singing with Germans, 
Austrians, British, Belizeans, Ketchy Indians, Hindus, people from all over the United States. I had a harder time with some people from the South one time than I did. Biggest example, I think, is when I was in India. The language where we go, the, the principal language is called Telugu. And I understand a couple words, like Londonalu. It means, hi. <laughs> it actually means, hi, how are you? But, but I have stood in a church. They're all singing in Telugu with other believers. And they are singing about our Savior. And you can tell. And I can't, I can't say, yeah, I just jumped right in and, and the Spirit of God filled me up and I started singing in their language. That did not happen. We just kind of mouthed some English words along with them glorifying God. And they all thought, wow, you guys are just so cool and amazing. No, we're not. We're just trying to keep up with you guys because you are in the presence of God. They're singing about their Savior. I understood some of the words in German. And this was when I was behind the Iron Curtain in the former East Germany. And, and the singing there was in many ways spine-tingling. There, there were times when some people were even singing in English around us just to make us feel comfortable. But the words, you, you just consumed. Because what was spine-tingling is these people are singing of the glories of God and the glorious truth of their salvation while they're being persecuted by their government. It was spine-tingling. I remember a remote village in Belize. We may actually have been in Guatemala. I'm not sure. And, and the only instrument is a really badly tuned guitar. I'm not saying I have perfect pitch, but there was nothing perfect about that one. Whoa, it was bad. But the sweetness... Of God's people singing was amazing. Praising the one and only creator of the universe. Again, I didn't understand the, the words. I don't speak Ketchy. But a Ketchy Indian translated into Spanish what those words were. And the pastor translated from Spanish into English what they were singing. And I'm like, that was amazing. They're singing to the creator. The same thing that we do. I remember uh, an agricultural village in eastern India, and we walked in there, and, and when we got there, th- this community had their first church ever, and it had been established like the month before. Okay, so, so there's no Christianity, there's no church, there's nothing like that in this village, and Jesus shows up, and they've got a church of like 150 people. In, in, in probably less than a month. And so we walk in here, and it was all drums. And it was deafening. It was deafening. And they're playing their drums, and, and we're trying to figure out what they're, they're... It sounded like yelling, nearly. And Samrat, my, my buddy from over there, he's saying, what, the, what they're singing is, is they're singing about the glory of God and how God has delivered them from the falsehoods of Hinduism. Whoa, whoa, it was deafening. The only instruments were drums. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> so 
so many places I've, I've seen the body of Christ in all these different cultures and they're singing and their hands are clapping and sometimes hands are raised. That's scriptural, by the way, both of those. Men and women, boys and girls joining with each other in song. Now, in our, our culture, we are groomed. We're, we're, we're very accustomed to professional quality, performance-oriented music. And this affects what Christians expect musically. When we walk into a church gathering, we want the best. But that takes us to a bad place because the music that we do is not here for entertainment. Shaylee wasn't up here singing so that, to, to entertain you. It's to glorify God for who He is, what He has done. He saved us. That's why we're singing. Now, where does this take us as far as the practicality is? What if you don't think you can sing? Been around a lot of people who go, Pastor, I just don't sing. It's dangerous for me to sing. I'd clear the room. The first thing, I want to teach you how to sing, okay? wish my dad was here because he can really do this. The first thing is to remember that singing is from the heart. What's in your heart? Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ with everything you are? That's the start. Then singing overflows with, with this idea of what he has done with praise and worship. And it produces a, a way of expressing the emotions of what God has done. Every single human being has been created by God with the vocal cords a specially shaped throat and the power of lungs to sing. No one is excluded. Everyone can sing. So how do you do that? From your heart, for the love of God, direct your entire being to sing his praises. I am going to stand up in church and I am going to sing to God. He's worthy. So you start with your heart. Two. Be around people who sing. I was around somebody who sang all the time growing up. This is huge. We're not born with words, are we? we you know, you don't, you don't come out of the womb and go, Hi, Dad, how are you doing and how was work today? That's not what we do. We had to make sounds and, and then we began to mimic our parents and, and siblings. And some parents go, I hope they don't mimic that sibling. <laughs> we mimic the people around us. So you need to be around people who sing. Along with that, you, you sing as often as you can. Sing along with the music in your car or truck. Sing in the shower. Sing while you take a walk. Be like my dad. You're working on a nasty bathroom. Sing. Third one. We have the throat part. We need to use these two things too. Listen to those around you. Be encouraged and excited to hear brothers and sisters in Christ lifting their voices to God. Listening means that you also are pushing enough air through your vocal cords to make a sound that you can hear and match with your brothers and sisters. So you've got to produce enough sound so that you can figure out well, what's going on here. To listen also means that if you're singing so loud you can't hear the person next to you, 
you're singing too loud. So it's, 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 you're, you're pushing, okay? So you're singing, and you're also listening. I remember one Sunday, I, I was in here, and I, I, I don't think I was preaching. I think Brother Zach was. And I walked over here, and I was standing next to um, Scott Ware. And it was like, whoa, this is cool, standing next to a brother singing. And he was just consumed by the singing. And I could tell that it just made it even more easy for me to sing with somebody. Listen to yourself. Listen to the people around you. It is so fantastic to enter into the presence of, the God, of God this way. The, the other part for congregational singing is follow the leader. The musicians on the stage are up here, not for entertainment. Why are they up here? This whole group up here this morning. Why are we up here? Since y'all go, wow, they're really cool. If you're doing that, you need to get life with Christ. Because that's not why anybody's up here. And if they are up here, they're going to be, and that's their attitude. I'll ask them to sit down. I've only asked one person in my entire life to not participate in a Sunday morning. That was a musician. He was a guitar player. Incredibly talented. And a vocalist. Off the charts. Incredibly talented. And one morning, he made it clear it was about him. All about him. It's my talent. I'm the one that people are here to listen to. It's about me. And as he verbalized these aspects of of why he was there, I said, brother, not today. You need to sit down. We are not up here to entertain you. So why are we up here? To lead. The people who come up here on, on Sunday mornings are here in a priestly ministry. These are priests and priestesses. That's hard to say. They're leading the entire congregation into the presence of God. Let's follow them into that presence. The fifth one goes along with the first one. As you're singing, think about the words that are being sung. What what are we doing this for? Stay focused on Jesus. You do those things and you're going to start finding a whole new realm of singing. Now, as I pray, because that's the end of my message, I want us to stand. The musicians need to be working their way back up on stage to, to lead us in their priestly ministry. Because I, I threw something in. I've done this a few times in my life as a pastor. We are going to sing a very well-known traditional song of praise. Most of you probably know this song and have heard this many, many times. And it is going to be followed immediately with a modern song of praise. So you're going to have two very different styled songs that are doing exactly the same thing, praising our Savior. So as I pray, would you please stand... And I'll pray, and then let's sing to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you this morning for the body of Christ. I thank you that you have caused us to be a part of this body. 
And this morning I ask, Father God, that you would hear our voices raised to you, that we would encourage one another, that we would show each other how magnificent it is to be a part of your church, the body of Christ. I ask, Father God, that you would help us as you show us your faithfulness. Holy Spirit, guide us and direct us and influence us in such a way that we cannot contain our praise for our Creator and Savior, our Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. In His name, amen.